0: Come on. Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of the MSL Podcast, episode 22. Um, I'm your host, Mark Inicelli.
1: And I'm Amalia Wamba.
0: And today we're joined by Yawad Yatim from the Massachusetts Pirates. Um, Jawad, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Oh,
2: yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's always appreciated and, and glad to be here.
0: So, uh, Jawad, um, to give people a context, what's the difference between uh arena football and uh normal uh, American football?
2: Um, so you know, it's it's uh you know the most obvious one is the field dimensions. So, um, it's it's fifty yards goal line to goal line, and then uh you know you got between six to eight yard end zones. Um, obviously that difference from the outdoor game as, as the, uh, outdoor game is, is a hundred yards, go line to go line, uh, 10 yard end zone. So, uh, that's the most glaring difference. Uh, you know, there are, you know, um, and then the other one is, um, you know, the amount of players on the field. So normal football is 11 on 11 outdoors. And, um, and, you know, we play eight on eight. So it's, it's less players on the field, you know, because of, of the spatial difference and um, And, yeah, I'd say those are the most too obvious. If you're not too familiar with the game, you know, you can always dive deeper into it in terms of the rule changes. Um, You know, like uh, you'll you'll have, you know, wide receivers in high motion. High motion is when, you know, the receiver attacks the line of scrimmage prior to the snap, you know, and, you know, they're running towards the line of scrimmage, you know, prior to the ball being snapped. You don't see that outdoors. Outdoors, there are motions, but they're more lateral. You know, they're not – you know, you know, vertical, you know, so to speak. Uh, And then just some other, you know, minute details that are different uh, just in terms of the rules. But uh, I'd say those are the most obvious, you know, differences that you'll notice and the goalposts. So the goalposts um, in in arena football are more narrow, you know, they're not as wide as, as the outdoor game.
0: And, you know, we, we, we obviously know that you're, you're based in Worcester, Massachusetts. That's where the Massachusetts Pirates play. But I wanted to know um, who you are first. Uh, who is Jawad, your team, and um, what was the path that led you to own an arena football team?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, I mean, in terms of arena football, um, you know, me me being from here, me being from Massachusetts is the reason that our team is in Massachusetts. You know, I wanted to keep the the organization local, you know, I want to represent, you know, I want to be able to represent my home uh, state and, um, you know, do so in the game. And and yeah, you know, I played two seasons of arena football. um, And that's really what, you know, kind of exposed me to the game, you know, on a deeper level. Um, You know, I was very vigilant during my playing days. So, you know, just seeing the operation and and how teams, um, you know, moved on a day to day basis. You know, kind of kind of got some ideas, you know, that's what really generated the ideas, you know, running through my head and and, uh, you know, quickly realized that, that you know, uh, you know, we were able to do this as well, you know, from an ownership standpoint, from an operational standpoint. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a team in New England at the time, um, you know, and, and uh, as of right now, there isn't another team in New England. So, you know, we saw an opportunity and uh, decided to go for it.
1: Uh, that's all pretty interesting considering i mean i don't know that much about you other than your professional bio Um, but i was just curious some people's missions i guess you could say and desires for their career change as they progress up the ladder would you say that um what dro- what drove you to begin your career is the same thing that drives you now or has have your passions changed or What's your feeling with Uh, that? It's
2: all it's all the same. Uh, It's all the same, you know. For me, just being able to build a resume within the industry, um, you know, I I don't think there's any better way than just being, you know, pretty much thrown into the fire and experiencing it, you know, in real life, you know, and and uh, you know, so just being able to build a resume, you know, represent my home state the right way, you know, and and um, you know, you never want to be a loser in this state, obviously you know, it's, it's, you know, the culture is really built on winning championships and winning and, um, and we want to follow suit with that. So, you know, a lot of the motivations, um, you know, that I had when I first started the organization, uh, you know, they're they're still here today and, and that's what we run on, you know, seeing guys, uh, come in, you know, play for us, get opportunities elsewhere, move up, um, you know, continue their careers, you know, that's another big motivation for myself as well. So, um, so yeah, just just building connections and and yeah, nothing's really changed, you know, from a, from a purpose standpoint.
0: And I imagine that your passion for winning and and your your using you winning and success and being intrinsically driven as a purpose um, is a huge result of your upbringing. What was it like growing up? Uh, what kind of drove your passion for winning since you were little? um you know i'd say
2: you know uh, the short answer would be two would be two things it'd be you know pride and competitiveness you know that that's really the base of of uh you know for me in terms of wanting to win you know and and uh, i'm sure that's consistent with a lot of people um you know i'm sure everybody has their own reasons for for wanting to do the things that they want to do but for me um you know growing up you know uh you know, uh, you know, pride, you know, we whatever we did, we took pride in, you know, and, and whenever you put your name on some, you take pride in it, you know, because you represent more than yourself. You know, you represent your family and and um and, and, you know, where you grew up and everything like that. And then just being competitive, you know, my father and and and, and uh, his brothers were ultra competitive, you know, in anything that they did. And, and uh, you know, that that's been. You know, and still to me, you know, at a very early age, and and I still, I still am very much extremely competitive. You know, there's that, there's definitely that fire, and um, you know, yeah. So I'd say pride and competitiveness, um, those are the two things that that drive my want to to win.
1: And since you're obviously super passionate about where you grew up, um, and considering that you work for the Mass Pirates. Um, what do you think their role is in the Worcester community and why did you choose Worcester as the home of the mass virus?
2: Yeah, I mean, we chose it initially, uh, you know, cause that, that's really, you know, where I grew up. Uh, you know, I, grew, I really grew up in Shrewsbury. Uh, you know, obviously the town borders Worcester and, and, you know, my family has, has, has been doing business in Worcester for over 30 years. So uh, very familiar with the city, familiar with, you know, uh, the people within the city, we had connections in the city, you know, my junior prom was held in the arena that we played in. So, you know, just a lot of familiarity, a lot of connections there, Uh, you know, and and being able to, you know, feel the team and in your home city uh, has been, has been great, you know, and it makes winning, you know, that much better when you can do it in your own backyard, Um, you know, and, and, you know, cause like I said, you represent, you know, where you're from and, and, you know, to be able to do it all, you know, where, where it started for me, uh, has been great. So, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say that that's, that's my answer there.
1: So it's just a fun question. I'm just curious, like, would you live anywhere else or are you kind of like,
2: would like... I live anywhere else? Well, I live in Boston. So, um, uh, yeah, I was born in Boston and, and, uh, you know, I lived a couple of places before Shrewsbury, but, um, yeah, I've been living in Boston for a while now and I absolutely love it. I love the city. Um, you know, it's great here, but yeah, I mean, you know, whatever's best for me and my family, you know, and if it makes sense, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to, you know, being in new places, you know, I've lived in other States before and, and stuff like that. So, uh yeah no i wouldn't be opposed to it no i just have to be the right situation and the right place
0: so you you do have like an entrepreneurial and like incentive in which you want to win and and entrepreneurs are normally intrinsically driven because they want to win it's never just because of um the financial aspect but it's also about winning and growing and all these aspects but there are so many other ways of, you know, making a living than building a team from scratch in an emerging league for in an emerging sport as well. So um, what was it like building a team and going through the risk and now seeing the rewards being delivered?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, and and to a point, we still got a long way to go, uh, you know, from a business standpoint. Um you know, I, I don't think owning an arena football team is the smartest thing to do if you're trying to, you know, put food on your plate off of it. You know that that's you know that's for sure. So, um, uh, you know, I don't I don't I necessarily wouldn't do it to feed my family. You know, that's not the motivation. You know, our main business, um, is you know we're in the gas and oil industry. Uh, we own gas stations in Massachusetts and New England, and um, you know that's what really you know. It fills the fridge so to speak so um but yeah i mean you know we got you know we're still working extremely hard on the business side of things and uh and yeah i mean you know uh you know that that's really you know where our focus is right now is just improving the business and growing the brand i mean in professional sports you know your revenue is directly tied to your fan base right so um you know the bigger your fan base the the large you know the more revenue you're going to generate so it's really for us to just growing that fan base, and something like that takes time, you know. Because I mentioned this, um, you know, during our conversation at, at the school, is that the one thing you can't buy is is history. <clears throat> you can't buy time, and you can't buy tradition, and and you can't buy culture. Um, you know, those are things that are developed over time. You know, so it's a mixture of being patient, but also making good decisions, and and just being aggressive with your approach, and and uh, you know, that's something that we want to continue doing. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, definitely not relying on the pirates to, to, uh, you know, provide for myself and my family. It's, it's more of a, you know, great life experience, you know, resume builder, you know, being able to gain experience in the industry, uh, firsthand. And, um, and yeah, those are really the, uh, the pillars of it all.
1: I think it's. I mean, it's pretty unique that um, people. I think your path is definitely more interesting. Some people like just focus on the money, and then they're miserable. So it's it's cool to see leaders in this sport industry that work more for passion. Um, but speaking of which, yeah, like... if
2: we did this, if we did this, if, if money was our only motivation, we, the pirates would have lasted maybe a year, year or yeah. two. You know, exactly. so you know, uh, you need that in in what we do. You know. Um, yeah, it's definitely different from the major leagues in terms of, you know, just revenue, obviously, and 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 the finances. Uh, you know, so yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we but you know, at the at the same time we're we're continuing to grow and uh, you know, we'll get to that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, that's kind of one of the main things that we try to push with this podcast is showing students that, you know, it's they're the like you said, the pillars are built on passion. Um but they also talked to us a lot about leadership qualities and what we can do to be better leaders. But I was just curious, like, how would you define a leader? And um, obviously a little bit comes natural to you, but how do you think the best way to go about being a leader is in your industry?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that, you know, that question is, is can be subjective at times. Cause you know, everybody puts their own flavor on things. Everybody's different, you know, and everybody Um, I mean, there are basic fundamentals that you would like to, you know, I guess, abide by. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I started the team at, at, you know, I started the organization at 27. You know, and it it was a lot of responsibility. Um, It was a lot on my shoulders. Um, But I still realized that I I was still just 27. And one thing that I didn't want to do was let you know let my youth go by, and, and completely get rid of my youth and who I was. You know, just because I'm in the position I'm in, you know, obviously you got to be responsible and and you know you got to hold yourself you know in a certain manner. But at the same time, I wasn't gonna let my you know I was I wasn't gonna let those years go by and and just not be who I was because of the position I'm in. So I made sure to stay true to who I was, you know, but do it in a in a way that you know, uh, allowed me to to run the organization and and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I put my own flavor on things. I am who I am and, and that's how, and I'm not going to change because I don't feel like waking up and being somebody else every day. Um, you know, there is a political aspect to it in the sense where, you know, uh, you got to be politically correct, um, you know, more so than not. But at the same time, you know, I like being myself, and, um, and that's not going to change, you know, like I said, I don't feel like waking up and being, you know, not me. Um, so I am still myself, you know, um, I'm, you know, still younger than, than the rest of my pe- peers that are in my position, uh, at the moment. And, um, you know, so maybe I kind of do things in a different manner. I, you know, hold myself, you know, a little differently j- just cause, you know, I come from from a different generation than, you know, the people I, I work with at my level. And, uh, and yeah, but I'm just, yeah, I, 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 it was easy for me. I I was just going to be me and if it worked great, you know, if, an, and if it didn't, you know, at the end of the day, I can go to bed and, and know that, you know, I was myself, you know, and, and for me, that's important. So,
0: so I. Uh... One of the ways that you lead, obviously you're a very authentic person and a very authentic leader. And um you you tell a lot of you tell a lot about yourself through the example that you set. During those, especially the early years of building an organization, the effort that you have to put in is massive. It's I imagine that the first couple of years that the mass fires were uh extremely time consuming, like no no such thing as a nine to five, no such thing as, oh, yeah. oh. as a balance, right? Yeah.
2: Just in the sports industry in general, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, maybe contractually it might say nine to five or, or whatever, you know, you're, you're 40 hours a week or whatnot, but, you know, if you want to be great, you know, doing what everybody else is doing isn't, isn't the way to go about it. You know, uh, at least that's how I feel. You know, I feel like you got to go above and beyond to get different results, you know, than the norm, right? You got to do different things to, to do different things, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the first year, you know, was, was, you know, it, it wasn't easy, you know, but that goes for any business, you know, it's always your toughest year, it's your most expensive year, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was dealing with anxiety issues, I put on weight, I I didn't I didn't care about anything but getting the job done. And so I, everything else was put aside, you know, my personal life, my health you know, everything. It didn't matter at that time. You know, the only thing that mattered was, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this done and this is gonna happen. And um, you know, it paid off. We we did a good job our first year, you know, and from there it just continued to grow. But yeah, I mean it, it wasn't easy. Um, but you know, you gotta make sacrifices to, you know, do different things and um accomplish different things, you know, and, and uh this was no different. So um yeah it was great you know and and now I'm definitely glad I'm not in our first year again you know that that was you know not ideal but I'm sure I'm saying something that rings bells through you know many first-time business owners and and stuff like that It's, it's all consistent um you know but uh but yeah it was very it was difficult but You know, that was how we started to build, you know, the reputation that we have and and our culture. And uh, from there, it just grew and it spread. And, um, yeah, we are where we are today.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things I was was thinking about with jobs like yours is you have to overcome all these personal challenges, but the job is mostly focused on other people. You have to think about what the fans want, like how you're going to pitch it to them. Um, And for me, I'm not too familiar with football, but I was wondering – how the relationship is with the fans um, compared to comparing an arena football team and a minor league team.
2: One more time, my apologies.
1: Sorry, not my fault. Um, I was wondering like how the relationship with fans differs with an arena football team compared to a minor league or major league team.
2: You know, so our, our game is really built on uh, an intimate setting for the fans. It's a very intimate experience in the sense that, you know, the people in the first few rows, I mean, especially the first row, you're pretty much in the game, um, literally. Um, you know, you could have, uh, you know, they got this, you know, cheesy saying in arena football is, you know, you can keep the ball, but you got to return the player, you know, because it's very normal for a player to go over the wall into the stands, you know, trying to catch a football or, you know, trying to make a play. Um, you know, for us, even, you know, post game. You know, fan, all the fans that attend the game are allowed to come on the field, you know, post game, mingle with the players, take pictures, get autographs, you know, and, and uh, you know, we want to make it a very intimate, you know, setting for our fans, a different experience, something that, you know, you might not be able to experience at at a, at a major league game or, or, you know, different sporting events. So, um, yeah, we try to be very accessible with the fans. I mean, prior to kickoffs, you got players, you know, along the wall, you know, chatting it up with fans and being interactive, you know, that's something that we pitch to our players is, you know, we want you guys being interactive with the fans. Um, you know, we want our fans leaving, you know, the game, knowing who you are um, and being, you know, that much more familiar with you as a player. Um, and yeah, but it, it's very intimate, you know, everything is a lot tighter, you know, uh, I'll I'll stick to speaking, you know, in terms of football, but, you know, the outdoor game, uh, you know, even if you're sitting first row, you're probably still about, you know, 30 yards from the field, you know. So, uh, but first row for us is you're you're right there on the sideline. So, you know, it's very tight. You know, the fans are on top of you. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool experience.
0: And on the sales aspect of it, I imagine that retaining fans is extremely important because, well, for season tickets and to have recurring fans. So creating an amazing experience, as you said, um, a, an experience in which they know the players, they get to mingle with them after the game, it helps create a level of attachment to the team. So that first experience is an amazing experience that they don't get from any other sport.
2: Yes, no, and, and that's something that we certainly try to focus on. Uh, most definitely, and we've had a good retention rate in terms of, uh, you know, ticket holders, um, you know, the reviews that we get are, are, for the most part, they're great. You know, when people that come to the game, they really enjoy themselves. Um, you know, the thing for us is just getting more and more people at the games, you know, it's but once they're there, you know, they seem to enjoy themselves. And and um, yeah, you know, so we've gotten great reviews from the people who have attended our games. It's just really, you know, getting more and more people there.
1: Um, so I'm, I'm more, Marco's more familiar with your role than I am. Um, but I was just, I am familiar with the fact that you kind of play a lot of, you manage a lot of different working parts. Uh, so kind of how is that? How do you deal with the stress of it? Um, what's like good strategies for delegating responsibilities and what advice I guess would you give people that are also in your same position?
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's one thing that I've gotten better with, you know, is, 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 uh, It's easy to micromanage because you care, you know, because I guess micromanaging is, you know, relates to, I guess, at least for me, like how much I care about the team and how much I wanted to succeed, obviously. So, um, you know, I like to be on top of it. I like to be on top of everything. But as time goes, you know, you got to understand that, you know, it's important to delegate. And um, that's something that I've gotten better with over the years. It's just being able to delegate and trust, and uh, you know that's important because you know <laughs> you can become very stressful trying to micromanage everything. Um, you know, and it it can, you know, for me and and everything I say is really based on my experience and how I feel about it. But you know, micromanaging can be, you know, at least for me, it wasn't. You know, it could, at times it it just wasn't good for my health and just constantly stressing over every little thing, you know, um, I don't feel is, is the best route to go, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a balance there, you know, between being able to micromanage and stay on top of everything and then being able to delegate and trust, you know, that that's an important balance that you have, you know, at this position, um, you know, really any leadership position. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, And it's a combination too, right? You know, it's, it's the minor leagues, you know, a lot of people wear a lot of different hats, not just, you know, the owner or the president, the person running the show, you know, different employees in minor league sports wear a lot of hats, you know, even if the title isn't on their resume, you know, during the day, they might be asked to do something that's out of their job description or are out of the norm for them. So they just got to be open to being able to do different things at different times when asked upon. Um, But, yeah, that's very normal in minor league sports, you know, to have different roles and do different things. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just over time, you know, uh, I started to get the routine down. I started to get more comfortable with, you know, having to, you know, one moment go over the game day program and make sure the design is right and all the information within the game day program is right. And then another moment, you know, having to sign a defensive back, you know, and, and get him here, you know, before the transactional deadline, you know, before a game. So, you know, it, it varies. <laughs> it varies for sure, you know, having different roles like that. But I mean, it's just normal in minor league sports. So,
0: And I mean, you you look at the amount of staff that, that you have access to compared to a major league team and it's a huge difference. And major league team is dealing with huge and complete departments and in your case you have to manage a lot of aspects you're the general manager but you're also the co-owner and you you do a lot of things at at mass pirates so um have you tried using artificial intelligence new technological developments that have helped you like make up for the smaller staff that you have
2: yeah i mean there's different platforms out there that certainly help you know uh you know, from an HR standpoint, you know, hiring and and recruiting, uh, employees, you know, we've used different platforms for that. Um, there's a lot of different sales platforms, you know, marketing platforms, um, that we try to utilize to make our lives a little easier. Um, you know, it just depends on what kind of budget you're working with and, and what you're willing to allocate, you know, spend on and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we haven't used AI, you know, maybe we could definitely look into using AI. I think, you know, obviously that's developing pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool to, to incorporate that in what we do. But yeah, I mean, there's new platforms coming out every day, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, you try to, you know, stay ahead of the curve and, and, um you know, utilize those platforms, you know, and you just got to fit in your budget as it makes sense. And, and yeah, you know those platforms do help certainly, um, you know. But yeah, we we we're able uh to, you know, do what we do with the staff that we have, and and um, you know, and, and that's and and you know the toughest one of the toughest things about minor league sports is there's a lot of turnover, you know, in your employees. You know, they move up, they get different jobs, um, you know, they move on stuff like that. So. Uh, you know, having to continuously bring in people and develop them um, is, is, you know, a tough aspect of the job, but, you know, um, finding the right people, you know, to develop and then keep around, um, you know, makes a world of a difference, you know, not having to explain to them every season, you know, what they got to do and and show them how to do it and and stuff like that, you know, having people that, you know, done it before, you know, and, and can just go ahead and and do their job, but also develop in other ways. And, and, um, you know, that's certainly important as well, you know? So, um, yeah, it's just finding the right balance of, of the correct staff that you want to take care of and keep in place and, and develop. And then, you know, I wouldn't say, I I don't want to use the word expendable, but, you know, you got different positions that, you know, if, if there is a rotation there, if there is high turnover at that position, you know, you're still, still able to get by, you know, Without slowing things down too much, you know, so I hope I use the, the right words there, but yeah, um yeah, I guess that's that's a balance and and a part of the process that you you know you gotta do well with uh, you know to kind of counter counteract the you know the smaller staff that you, that you'd have,
1: All right. And one of the last questions we have, you've basically answered this in small pieces throughout all of your um, answers, but uh, we're just wondering, like one of the things that people probably think about when they meet you is like, how do you turn the vision of owning the AFL team into reality? Like what is the one of the, or one or two crucial things that people should keep in mind when like starting a dream like that from scratch?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you know, uh, I'd say a good part of it is just saying, you know, let's go for it and doing it and jumping in, you know, with two feet, not necessarily knowing exactly what might happen or, or how things might go, because a lot of it, you don't learn until you do it. You know, you can read all the books you want, you can take all the classes you want, but until you do it, you know, you're not going to really kind of know how to maneuver. You know, uh you can have an idea, but you know, there's a lot of little things that happen that you don't anticipate, especially early on. You know, expenses that you didn't anticipate, you know, um and you know, a lot of what at least in the beginning, you know, to, to get, you know, good at what you do, there is a trial and error period, you know, from a marketing standpoint, um, you know, from a you know, a hiring process standpoint, you know, from just kind of, you know, understanding, you know, what kind of personalities you want in your, in your company and at what positions, you know, does having a certain type of, you know, personality and characteristic benefit you and, and what positions it might, you know, derail you. um, You know, there there's a, yeah. And, and then also learning, hey, you know, how can we save money here? How can we save money here? um And just learning kind of the little tricks to the trade you know that just comes with experience you know and having good people around you um you know and having you know some mentors around you that have done it before um and that's one thing that's you know that i've found important for myself you know and 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 this is just me but you know you get thrown hundreds and you know thousands of opinions you should do this you should do that maybe you know you you should look at doing things this way. You know, for me, it's, it's, you know, blocking out the majority of those opinions and listening to the ones that I value. Um, that's a skill in itself, you know, kind of being able to ignore the noise, uh, cause you'll go crazy if you try listening to everything that everybody tells you, you know? So I just really listen to the people who've done it before, who've been in this situation, um, that, that have been in a market that's relatable to mine. Cause that's a, that's a big thing too. You know, um, a lot of how, you know, your team grows and a lot of, of how your team does is a lot of that's based on the market that you're in as well. I mean, every market presents different challenges, you know, different benefits, different uh, cons, so to speak. And and being able to m- maneuver within your market doesn't necessarily, it, it doesn't always translate to other markets, you know. And, and so just really understanding the market that you're in um, is super important. And, you know, relying on those who have done what you've done and and relatable markets, you know, that you're in, um, you know, I try to really kind of hone in on on what people I listen to and what opinions I take, you know, seriously and which ones I, you know, I guess indulge in, Um, you know, because every day people are just, hey, do this, do that. Why don't you try this? Look at this, you know, and it's just, you know, at least for you know, to, to protect myself, um, you know, I, I just, you got to be able to tune it all out. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question. Um, but, you know, I uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I think about it.
0: And uh, there's, there's something I, that I really want to know. And it's, since you, you're in the position of hiring people, you're in the position of you know, as you said, you have a lot of turnover and then you see people go and move on with their careers. What are three qualities that you recommend or that you have seen in common between the people that are successful and that are people who are disruptors in the sport management industry and the rest? What differentiates the successful ones?
2: I mean, the best employees that I've had have just, you know, worked hard, you know, um, put in the extra hours, you know, and and as cliche and as simple as that sounds, I mean, that's reality. You know, they're the ones that are willing, you know, to to do what's needed to get the job done, you know, and and, uh, it might not fit under the job description. It might not, it might be, you know, doing hours that are beyond what's in your contract, but, you know, the people that are willing to listen, that are willing to, uh, you know, to work extremely hard and stay dedicated and loyal to, to the cause, You know, those are the ones that I, you know, that I uh, truly value and that I really want to have around me. You know, those type of people I want around me and and the organization, Uh, you know, because, you know, not everything is always great. Not everything is always good. So in those moments where, you know, things get a little tough, uh, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe less than ideal, you know, you, you rely on those people to come through for you you know, at times where others might fold or others might, you know, check out or whatnot. And uh, those are the ones that are really, you know, those people are the are the backbone of, of what you do and, and the backbone of your organization. And uh, so, yeah, just find, finding loyal people, people that work hard, um, people that are, are open to, you know, maybe doing things that, you know, might take up more of their time or, you know, might not be something that they're interested in. You know, but just, hey, being down for the squad, man, being down for the team, you know, those are the, that's the main quality that, that I rock with and that I value.
0: And lastly, I would like to know if there's any question that you wish we would have asked you and how you would have answered that question. Uh,
2: I've actually never been asked that question. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I mean, you guys asked some great questions, um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, that's a good question to ask, you know, you got me stumped. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, I mean, you know, I'm doing this for you guys, you know, I'm doing this for you, you know, and, and, uh, I'm open to providing any kind of insight that I have, you know, from my experience and my opinions and, um, yeah, so I guess my approach is I'm down to answer any questions you got, you know, and and uh, yeah, so th- that's my approach. It really wasn't a question I was hoping you'd ask, <laughs> you know, I was really down to answer whatever questions you had for me. So,
0: and well, there, there's actually one more question, which is how can people learn more about the Massachusetts Pirates, uh, connect with you, learn more about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can always visit our website at www.masspiratesfootball.com. Um uh, I mean, you can visit visit our social media uh, pages, you know, our uh, you know, Pirates on Instagram, um, uh, Mass Pirate, Mass Pirates on Facebook, Mass underscore Pirates on Twitter, um, you know, and so on. Um, you know, that'll help you keep you know keep up to date with what we got going on. And we're actually in the process of uh you know, finalizing our arena lease, um, you know, and announcing you know, future plans for the organization. We plan on doing so uh, by the end of the month. So we're excited to do that. Um yeah, so some exciting announcements ahead. Uh but yeah stay tuned and and um yeah stay following us so
0: yes and the twenty twenty four season of the AFL has had the soft launch in, in Vegas, right? Recently.
2: Yeah, we're in the IFL. We're in the indoor football league. So we compete in the IFL, which is the highest level of arena football in the country. Um, you know they got teams all over the country. We just added Jacksonville this year, San Antonio. Um, you know we got a couple of expansion te- expansion teams that I'll let the league elaborate on for twenty twenty five. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know we we are frequent visitors of the West Coast, um, the Southwest and the Midwest. You know so. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, you know we got teams everywhere. It's an exciting product, um, uh, and definitely be on the lookout for us. You know our games will be televised on SN as always, and the league also has a uh, you know television deal with CBS Sports Network. So, um, yeah, good things going. Um, but yeah, stay tuned, pay attention, you know, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll keep doing what we do.
0: Thank you so much, Jawad. It's been a pleasure.
2: All right, thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Thank, thank you.
1: you. Okay, real
0: quick. Hey. so this is like post interview right now. Um. It's
1: actually, we're gonna start talking about math. Math.
0: Nah. Yeah, I don't think we're 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 at that level. but That's. Sorry. No. Uh but um. We're in iceberg.
1: We're not gonna be at that level. <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> no, but we're we're happy to be back. Uh, we had a whole month. We've had a lot of, of it happening in our lives, you know, really good things. Um. Yeah, really good things. Um, I've got an internship. Uh the same internship I had over the summer. Navigate. I'm staying with Navigate. If you didn't see my LinkedIn post about it, I am staying for the rest of the win. uh the the fall semester. I've really enjoyed it and learned so much. Uh, what are you up to, Molly?
1: Well, my personal life is practically a sitcom, but academically, um, I'm the president of the climbing team this year, which takes up. 91 percent of my time, so it's definitely been been a challenge, but it's been more rewarding than it has been taxing. So I'm really happy about that. I'm also working at the new climbing gym that's opening on campus. I'm going to advertise right now. It's open, uh, not yet, but it will be open in the next few weeks. Um, to anyone who has a membership at the Rec, you can climb there for free. So stop by. Me and my friends all um sit you. there. Yeah, yep. Mark is going to be there. There's, a, there's going to be a cafe. going to be a place to sit, hang out. I'll probably be there 10 hours out of the week, maybe more than that, actually. So um, catch us there.
0: Network with, with the climbers. Ne-
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them have LinkedIn, but you can network Just you. on our Insta. <laughs> yes, I don't know. But yeah, so check that out if you want to get into climbing. Before yeah.
0: Oh, are you a part-time student or a full-time
1: no, student? No, I'm not going to drop my class, so I'm going to try my best to be a full-time student. Please,
0: please, please. Excessive topic. I think that was an OL, OL, off limits.
1: I'm trying so hard. Journalism is so hard. I I miss just Eisenberg classes.
0: Eisenberg is the best. It is the best. Um, I know, but... It is the best building, too. But, um, guys, stay tuned. We are going to have more more videos, more podcast episodes. We want to dive deep into what uh, our, like, other club members were up to during the summer. Look at their internships. So all of that is in the, in the works. Um, and thanks for watching this video. Thanks Jawad for you know joining us. It was a great interview, and it was great to get a perspective from an arena football uh, league uh, owner.
1: I didn't know what that was before this podcast. Yeah, and it's oh, yeah. And, and it's
0: like it's a great opportunity for for you know UMass students to kind of learn more about businesses in the area. This is in Worcester, Mass so yeah uh, it's been a great opportunity and yeah see you guys around uh the corner we're gonna be podcasting still
1: so yeah halloween's coming up
0: yeah any costume
1: oh yeah uh, three yes. are you three yeah. yeah can you
0: say the ones that are not secret
1: um Elle Woods. what's that from Blonde. Oh. Um, and medusa
0: medusa yeah. oh we're
1: gonna be greek goddesses come on not necessarily though
0: um i'm gonna be ted lasso and superman i've been working on being superman i've i'm basically superman i mean it's literally me i'm literally superman right 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 you're
1: something man you're something man. i don't have a superman you're see a man
0: you. <laughs> i am the man see you guys bye